International. Hey guys, welcome to the Leading the Blind podcast with uh, Jared McCorkle and Ariel Norman. Uh, this episode was with Mario DiGiorgio, and I think this is the one to listen to. Um, Mario is a hilarious comic. He's an FPIA winner, uh, and particularly interesting, uh, he runs and books the Velveeta Room. So Mario's about to leave for Portland. So this was a really great thing to have him come in and tell us about his years doing the Velveeta Room and, and just give us his insight. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Mario, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. This is like, you're the, you are the guest in some sense because like, don't I mean, put that pressure on me. Dude, this is, you got to be really good. <laughs> this is going to make it or break it. No. But thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Yes. Cool. Anyway, so just, well, because sometimes we like go into this whole thing about we get Jared talking and then we get into some weird subject and then Jared's like, oh, are we recording? And then we're like, it's yeah. It's so important to me now, to have a beginning. It really is. Well, now we've had a beginning, so yeah, I hope you're happy. That's a, I ruined it. For well, me. now we don't have like a conversation to like keep, just start with other than ice, which let's not do that. So like, we'll just start. There's no music to end, no pan flute or oh, anything there, to bring us in. We totally do, but it's, like in, it's post-production. It's in post. It's in post. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But you. if you have a pan flute, <laughs> I mean, feel free. <laughs> yeah. We're welcome. We're open to that. Um, so let's just get started then. How? Uh, when did you start doing comedy? Um, I was, uh, almost 28 years old. This was back in 1998. 19, you said 28 years old? Yeah. 20, I'm, I'm just, you I'm started, not, I don't actually care about the math. 20, just, yeah, I was late You started late, like both of us. Well, August, I, yeah, yeah. Started late. Yeah. It was August, I remember that. <laughs> it was in August. Nice. And so why did you decide to start comedy? Um, I moved here after school, uh, to write screenplays. That was my big dumb idea. I had yeah. worked at a restaurant at Bennigan's, actually, in New Jersey, and worked with a guy. I'd never right. met anyone who was working on a screenplay, and he was working on a screenplay. And really doing it, too. And like not just like one of those people that's like, I'm working on a thing or something like that. Um, yeah, he was actually working on it, yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, I thought, oh, I, I, I can try that. Yeah. And, of course, the first thing I went to was restaurants, and so the first thing, I wrote a full length about uh, restaurants. Um, but blah, blah, blah. It's a whole other story. So I just moved here thinking that'd be a good place to do it. Just because Austin was like a cheaper place to live or because I, honestly, was there industry? I knew nothing about this city. This yeah. was in 1996 when I moved here. Had Slacker And a friend out? just said, no, not yet. Okay. A friend just, I don't know, I'm sorry, yes, it did. Okay. Because I saw it in the school that I went to. I went to the University of Alabama. I just followed a friend there. Yeah. Okay. Um, went from Jersey to Alabama to Austin. And it was just as simple as uh, after graduation, uh, a good friend of mine said, I hear Austin's cool. Yeah. That's it. And I did a dorky thing like uh, I uh, contacted the Chamber of Commerce and asked oh. them to send me information. <laughs> hey, so we didn't, didn't have Google. Yeah. Well, well, we, That's the most adult thing I think I've ever heard. Like, yeah. Well, when, my first year on the road, I was getting triptychs from AAA. That's there was no map nice. quest. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. You know, you would just say, hey, here's my destination. This is where I'm coming from. They would give you these long maps. You just flip 
Actually, yeah, before like the this, internet, there's this, this whole time. world of infrastructure. Yeah. You had to know I how to tap in. I was faxing my avails. That does not seem that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. There was a show called Herman's Head. Do you remember sure. that show? Yeah. Where they, his job was a fact checker, and that just meant he he and all his like the coworkers, like people would just call, like, how heavy is an average gorilla? And they yeah. would answer and stuff <laughs> like that. There's a whole team it's of awesome. people. Before. I recall that yeah. show, but I forget that detail. Yeah, yeah. I just it, knew it was, uh, two of the Simpsons were in his head. Yeah, it was. Oh, that is right. Hank Azaria and Yardley Smith. That's right. Holy shit, that is right. Yeah. Uh, what a beautiful time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel romantic about, but, but about you, that. But you have a similar kind of, like, I don't know, because you, you're moving now. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, yeah, I moved here in 96. I wanted to write screenplays. Yeah. I was a waiter yeah. for uh, a long time, and then I was waiting at Eastside Cafe. Nice. And Justin Sanders got hired, and he told me he did stand-up, and I'd always loved stand-up. Yeah. Um, and so I just started to watch open mics, and three months later, I was like, you know, I can do that. Well, How many open you. mics were there in Austin in '96? Three. Yeah. No, I didn't. Well, I didn't start till '98. Like okay, '98. 98. And yeah. in '98, there were three, maybe more, but I think three just that everyone did: the Valve, Cap City, and then the Ritz upstairs, which is now wow. Um, what was it in that uh, um, Alamo Draft House? Yeah. Oh wow. wow. It's weird to me too because, like, did you guys know that's really what you needed to do to like get better and everything like that? Because it seems to me like I don't know if it's podcast or like certain documentaries. Now comedy is a little bit more transparent in terms of like how do you go about? Oh it. yeah. And I'm curious because like with, with only three mics, like it's, I, I'm a I'm a watch and learn person. Kind of so perfect. I think no, even though there were only three mics, you went to all three. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, that's not that much different than watching five or six in yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's and true. so you just watch enough. But I, I wonder if you have to watch three make... months worth of open mic comedy. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I wonder if you have to make more of it in that case because it's like it feels like you can kind of. But I still, you know, everyone back then, we still grew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We still grow because uh, if anything, you were given more stage time. Open mic used to be five to seven minute sets. Right. Yeah. And uh, or five minute sets even that's astonishing yeah, that's a lot. to have forty yeah. people do five minutes a piece. Yeah, um, so there's still forty people at each mic. So it was still, dreadful. Yeah. That's <laughs> I. I really hate when people romanticize the past. Yeah, um, when it was shitty, but yeah. it's like all of a sudden it's great because it's so many years later. It's like no, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible to have forty people. That's too much. And and it never you know at the end the last. 15, 20 people are playing to, to themselves no yeah. or they would leave. And so that's why, you know, the first thing I did was we've got to change this shit, especially yeah. there's how many open mics in town now. I was just going to say for anyone listening who doesn't know how many open mics there are, I mean, something you don't go out enough. That's <laughs> just, if you're not a comic, I guess, I don't know why you would be anyway, but no, I know plenty of people. They know I like mean, three because once they go to anyway, go there's at least 25 currently, maybe, maybe 30, somewhere between 25 yeah, and yeah. 30. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially with, I mean, people have these house mics. Some of them are once a month or every other week or something. It's kind of hard to even mm-hmm. quantify at this point, but probably even 30 mics at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be. Yeah, and of those 20, I mean, uh, do you two go to all 20? I don't go to all 20. Jared tries really hard. <laughs> am, it's kind of pitiful, I, it's It's a pit of, I'm like the little engine that could. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, and the other thing is, I think it depends on who you are. There are people that like, like, I don't know if I'm dumb or if I just like it a lot, but, like, I can feel the difference if I take, like, a day off. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I think sure. later on that's different. I think, you know, there's dimension No, you can still get rusty after. 
Yeah. You know, if you've been on the road for weeks and weeks, you take two weeks off, you get rusty. And it's, yeah. I was talking to Clarkson and I think like we, and maybe Sam Harder said the same thing. It's like, I also like, like, I don't want to be doing another thing. Yeah. Y'all part. don't have any kind of love lives or anything. So even when I was, that's when I most wanted to. Yeah. When I was in my relationship, I was like, yeah, now I gotta go. I gotta. God, yeah, comedy well, comedy yeah. was the first thing that made me be like, yeah, girl schmurls, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was the first thing the I had too. real focus on. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's addictive too. It's like because I think as soon as you get off, you like you think of the. It's three addictive things. if you're doing well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there that's are some validation. People. It's instant validation, and if you get that more often, how do you not want to go back and feed yeah. that shit? Yeah, and yeah. and then from the problem, the pot like there's part of maybe not everybody, but if you're a little bit more analytical, like there's a puzzle solving aspect. Of yeah, it. and it's like, oh wait, I know. Okay, I always think. Worked. Yeah, I see mm-hmm. punchlines as solutions. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. But, but it's some jokes can have several solutions, but you know there are some that you just hear even have other people's mouths like that was that was it that's that the one. right yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. the right answer it that. resolved <laughs> the yeah. most elegant solution i guess yeah. if this is a math problem so you were going to all three mics every week like from mm-hmm. the get-go and you just always you just knew like this is what i'm gonna do um what do you mean this is what i'm gonna well do i mean like were you were, were you, st- you were life? still writing a screenplay <laughs> at this point um no i i'd stopped yeah. you know i did uh, i sold a short which never cool. went anywhere. Um, I did have a sit down with Richard Linklater. What? Wow. Um, there we go. That was because uh, he came into the Eastside Cafe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I had a friend of mine who had worked at D- uh, Detour Productions, which was right around the corner, which is why he was in all the time. Mm-hmm. It's gone now. But uh, I was just ballsy once. He was by himself. And I was like, hey, my friend Dan Musha, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he says, he, uh, you know, you, you talk to aspiring filmmakers. And this is pre-stand-up comedy. And so he's like, yeah, call my, you know, uh, call my, not service, um, just call the office, whatever, and set something up. And of course, I'm thinking, that's ah, not going to happen, but I yeah. do. And it did. And that's crazy. I walked cool. over to his studio. Wait, I, uh, what made you do that? Though? Like, did you? Naivete. The same thing that got me on stage the first yeah. place. You know, you, I went into so many of these things just, to, oh, this is what I do. Or is this what I do? Yeah, and yeah. I'm so glad that. You know, I wish I had some direction and then, but then if I didn't, I wouldn't do stuff, stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we talked for over an hour and at the end, of course, I said, will you read my screenplay, which is, you know, ask someone to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Something else you learn later, you don't ask. Um, Yeah. You get asked. Yeah. And, um, but I was like, I had my three page treatment. Like, will you at least read this? Is that, you know, it's like, ah, and he said, I don't even read my friend's screenplays. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. And most of his advice he gave me was very, you know, kind of formulaic and canned, but it was still a nice sit down. Yeah. Um, but then sure enough his, uh, Anne, which was the girl, uh, answering phones, um, she read it twice and she's like, Richard wants to read the whole thing. And so, uh, you know, I sent it over and never, nothing ever happened. And he would come in after that and it was like, Hey Rick, Hey Mario. But I would never ask him, Hey, did you read my screenplay yet? Yeah. It was just, it's validating. I'm sure it was, (laughs) but then, then up came up like maybe months later. And that made everything because I wanted to see if people laughed at shit that I wrote. Yeah, it's like I think what I'm writing is funny. The, f- and the feedback is insane, so immediate, it's like unheard yeah. of. Because like I think the Kath here said uh, that had a really good description about like you know if you write you know you're writing a thing and you have no idea if it's gonna if it's even good and you give yeah. to one person and they it's like everything oh, yeah, sounds different on stage. Even yeah. when yeah. you're you know when you're regular and you're doing well, you know how to write and structure a joke. You can write something that you think is hilarious. It just sounds different yeah. on stage, even yeah. if it's in front of comics. Yeah, um, I don't. I never liked doing any open mics just in front of comics, but you know, Nor just to get it want. out, to get it out, <laughs> yeah. you have to be on stage because it just, 
I don't know how else to say it. Just sounds different. Yeah. That's as a matter of fact. That's kind of all that I use those kind of open mics for. You just have to expect it's not like a good testing room. It's not. You're not really going to know. But it, it. You can like. Okay, this is how I'm going to formulate it. This does feel yeah. the right way. This kind of feels stilted, and I can't really do it that way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like performing in front of the mirror, but a little bit better than that. Yeah. 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 I could never. I could never do that. A mirror really? that judges you. I used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do it. I couldn't even. Uh, everyone should record themselves. Mm-hmm. You'll yeah. learn so much about what not to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hate it. Probably the reason why I didn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> face all my foibles. I can't. I just, I don't, I, I think I probably would learn stuff, but when I did it, it didn't help me. If that makes sense. Hmm. I mean, maybe when you, maybe that's a skill unto itself, learning from like watching yourself, but I would just be like narcissistically enamored with the good parts. And then, I don't know. And it just didn't like, I couldn't analytically take it apart or something like that. Interesting. You know? Yeah. I listen to get, yeah. all my sets. Yeah. Oh, I used to listen to all of them. I, I, you know, I don't hit every single one anymore, but I don't know. It's important to me because I don't know how, I don't know how y'all don't, you, you never recorded. Them? Oh, I did. I just, yeah. I hated it and I didn't do it as often as I should have. Yeah. 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 But you should. And, uh, yeah. And I, this is also, I didn't have my phone. It wasn't. Yeah. It was harder back then. Yeah. I don't have an excuse. It was, that's the thing. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, I could, yeah, it's not an excuse. I could, I had a, uh, um, One of those recorder. Yeah, I had when Mario uh, started, you had to get a stenographer. It was very yeah. annoying. Get it's it, a whole yeah. to do. That is okay. the first and last old joke you will make. <laughs> <laughs> but if you well, let that be, there was an old career joke, not an old person joke. Just very clear. No, Sorry. I respect uh, people's ages. Um, anyway, <laughs> so so, but when you start going to open mics, you were kind of like, okay, instead of like we're thinking about writing right now, I'm going to think about stand up right now. This is like. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was still writing, and I, there yeah. was a, a time when I couldn't wait to go up on Thursdays to try this joke. Yeah, but I'm also a perfectionist, and I thought it had to be right the first time out of the box. And I would mm-hmm. write bits. I wouldn't write a one liner. I would write yeah. what I thought comics did. You know, I was very again watch and learn. I was like, yeah. there's uh, there's this line to set up. There's this line which they call the punchline, and then the oh, it's a tag and another tag. And then once you learn all that shit, it's like, oh, then you just learn the words for stuff that you already recognize. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I would, all my jokes were that way. They were set up, punch, tag, tag, maybe another sentence, another punchline. Um, and I would bring them all on stage and eventually just whittle them down. But, you know, uh, well, we'll get to that later. But. So at the time, <laughs> there there weren't many like showcases like there are now. Like at the time, like in the um, sure. I mean, not as many, but there yeah. were. Sure. How many would you say there were? Like per year? Well, no. I mean, like if or there monthly ones, weekly. Wait, when you say showcases, what do you I mean? just like mean like these industry. Uh, no, just like these bar shows or places where you can do a little bit more stage time than the open mics. Oh, okay. Um, no, there really wasn't yeah. anything. I mean, the Valve didn't even offer that. You, it was always yeah. guest sets. It was always. Opener, two guest sets, sometimes three guest sets, and then the headliner does 30. Yeah. And so so you did FPIA um, in 1999 and, and won your first year, right? Yes. So at the time, did Bam. that... Did that? I mean, were, were did that change? It's a bam butt. There's had a, you already a butt had, at the end of that bam? Had you already had some like um, big things before that, or was that kind of a, a first big things in comedy? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. No, so then was, how did it was eight months into it. Right. And you know, I, I wasn't the funniest person in Austin. I had the funniest set in front of that judge, in front of the, you know, those judges, that audience. Um and I think I was right on that cusp of a big uh uh sea change in the comics in this town. Mm-hmm. I was one of the new 
I don't know what it would be, a new class or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Not new class. My God, I can't think right now. But that seems new like, generation. Yeah, blah blah blah. Class so. is what I hear people say the like most, and that seems accurate to me. Like you know, like a yeah. senior freshman. Yeah, like it. What doesn't make sense to say it to a year? Like oh, class of 2016. But it definitely yeah. feels like there are waves of comics. Yeah, exactly. Well, also they were looking at comics who had been doing the same material. Yeah. They all were very familiar with all the old guard that's yeah. the, the old guard that's what's yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you, and so I came along and it's like oh here's this guy who's relatively young um, doing similes doing you know uh, and I won with a joke I had never done before nice because I was that confident that's crazy and did you just uh, have a feeling yeah I was like I wrote I'm like this is a winner yeah, I know yeah, this yeah. is a, I know this is going to work yeah. and um, and so between that, having two kind of different sets and being new and being, you know, a little clever, uh, I guess it made sense that they would pick me. I never went into it thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I have a chance. Like, oh, this is so-and-so's year. This is so-and-so's year. Yeah. But I'm so glad, looking back on all the shit that my friends go through, Yeah, I'm glad I got it over with. Yeah. You know? oh, and I'm, yeah. And I'm, I don't even think I'd place today. I, well, um, but it's, there's too many comics today. Yeah, it's also like I, I, the only time I've ever done it, I had a great experience doing it, doing it too. Not just like, you know, I got to advance. Yeah. Whatever, well, it's a, it's a big room, especially, you know, when yeah, it was the first time I played to that many people. Yeah. And I was inspired to do it because of before I went. So before I went up, like on the second day, I can't really think it was second day, Michael Malamud and Joey Zimmerman both went up and I had seen them a lot at open mics. Maybe I had been doing comedy for like six months. Uh, and I'd only seen the d- best at like kind of local shows, and I saw them do a level of comedy I had never seen. These are my friends, yeah. and I was like, I was like, oh, you can't be shitty here. You had, like <laughs> this is because you have to be an artist to get to do that. Yeah, at, some, at least that was my thing at the time. So I was like fucking inspired. Yeah, it's yeah. a great opportunity. Yeah. So did then did, you learn all you need is fifteen dollars? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people that day that did not. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So did you did uh, you get opportunities from winning that? Yeah, not as many as you do now, mm-hmm. um, but absolutely. I mean that. Because even though the judges uh, eventually became Comedy Central scouts and stuff, it was still the judges were still Rich Miller and Colleen, and they still have had and have um, influence in the business. And yeah. um, I was forced to headline. You're forced to headline yeah. when you, or rather, you're forced to headline the Velve. Oh, interesting. When you win the contest, yeah. so I had to think of. 30 minutes quick and so at the time you only had 10 oh god maybe I mean I had it but it was in my notebook but not tried or anything so I really stretched and the thing is I had one really good set and and then the next set it was you know it was a a 9-11 9-30-11-30 back then and Mike Judge came to the second one because he would do that often he would go and see who just won the contest. Yeah. I just ate a huge shit pickle. That, that <laughs> entire set oh, was, no. I mean, I had eight months under my belt. Yeah. Yeah, I had no business, you know, and I knew that too. It's like, I have no business being up here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that would fuck me, uh, on the radio station. I eventually, uh, I have this personality, you know, I get obsequious in front of people that I think could give me things. Sure. Yeah. And especially eight months into this and I'm, and I'm headlining a comedy club. I am, I'm forced to go on the radio station with, uh, uh, Bob and Dudley and, 
I was just a big clam. Is that really a thing, or did what? you just make up two radio names? No, that's oh. their real names. That's a real thing. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Bob and I'm Dudley. not from you, so yeah. <laughs> You've lived here for seven years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but radio hasn't existed for seven. No, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. I don't know much about. I mean, I recognize those yeah. names. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So you, Amy Schumer, actually tells a really similar story about doing well in that contest. Then they have to go on a on tour. She's like three years, four years into comedy, and she's just eating dick every night on yeah. the tour. And then they have to meet people afterwards. But they say that's afterwards. good for you. Maybe right? not so publicly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you had and not some, that often. Yeah. So yeah. you had some difficult experiences right after it, but also, but also opportunity. I mean, do you feel like is there a part of you that thinks that it would have been better if you hadn't won, or do you think that you just grew um, because of that? No, because that you know I was also on the short list for future showcases. You know, I was doing the uh, HBO Aspen showcase and I was asked to like skip a line for last comic standing and shit like that. You do get on their radar. Yeah. And when I moved to New York, they got me talk about being completely ill-equipped to be on a stage with some people, Um, Colleen and Duncan and people who helped elect me funniest person. Uh, They also gave me my first gig in New York was, was a Montreal showcase with Todd Barry and wow. Pete Corrielli, uh, all these big heavy hitters. And then I'm a blast doing my little hippie chick jokes. Oh, no. And, oh, my God, I just got in my head. and I. <sighs> but they knew that, right? Like, uh, the, the, I don't know. Looking up. back, I was like, why would you think I belong yeah. Yeah. in this league? Um, and, yeah, I, I would get in my head all the time. My time in New York was spent mostly discouraged you said you and moved to new york yeah so how long did you live there three years so wow and the whole time you said I discouraged miserable. And miserable. yeah i hated new york yeah i really did i'm from new jersey it's not like a yeah i thought oh you know new it wasn't jersey, a culture new york. Shock. it wasn't a culture shock thing but after living here for four years yeah probably standard like, oh, wait, living goes I'm way mellow. down and you're, yeah. Yeah. you know i'm a very mellow person <laughs> um but then up to New York, I was angry every day. Yeah. And I hate bad manners. And Jesus. People have bad manners. Bad mannersville. Smell you know? bad. Yeah. It's me, 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 me. And uh, everyone bumps into way. you. No one says, no one says, pardon me. That I will. I was up there for 9-11. And I will say that city was the friendliest fucking city for yeah. 30 days. <laughs> everyone so was thank, like, cops, cops were looking 9/11. you in the eyes. Say, how you guys doing? Everyone doing okay today? Everyone doing yeah. great? All right, guy, have a good morning. Yeah. And... No shit. Thirty days later, people are back to pushing people off the subway yeah. platforms. <laughs> uh, but thirty yeah. days of just like a breathing period. That's what it took. That's that what it nice. took for that city to like yeah. each other. <laughs> and but now it's um, back. but then I had to leave. You know, I was working. I was a proofreader um, mm-hmm. at uh, Tops Trading Cards. And again, there I'm thinking, being naive too, thinking I'm a proofreader, but I'm going to have all these ideas and I'm going to wing, bring back wacky packages and garbage pail kids. And then <laughs> I, uh, I invented this, uh, this thing called Average Joe's, which is a dumb name for it. Um, but it was just like an onion trading card, more or less. Okay. And my girlfriend at the time worked at The Onion. So I actually had to sit down with the publisher of The Onion, the publisher of Tops, and myself talking about these cards the onion staff was totally behind it they're like oh. we want to write all the minutiae on the back of the cards that's where all the funny was yeah um in the front there were just regular people with yeah. bullshit jobs and <laughs> the guy at tops was like uh we don't know what the onion is and this is this is back when it was they just moved to new york they were on the top of their game yeah, three yeah, yeah. new york times bestsellers not that yeah. the trading card not that it would have exploded but you just get dismissed yeah, oh, yeah like that anyway so that was kind of the last straw and i got serendipitously laid off from that job and 
And I was like, ah, I'm going back to Austin. So you were living in New York. You were doing comedy. You were barely. Very you're, oh, you just barely did comedy. comedy. It, had, yeah. it had kind of beaten you down. It really, well, it was just the getting to places. Yeah. You know, it was an hour and a half to go do five minutes in front of nobody. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't believe, um, I know Chris Rock always says, any stage time is good stage time. And I know he means like even the bad stuff you'll learn, but yeah. if all you're getting is shitty stage time, yeah. you don't grow. You get really yeah. discouraged. Yeah. Um, you know, all of a sudden you're in this little vacuum of comics or empty chairs and you don't know what's working. You don't, you don't yeah. know what's really, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't grow. I don't yeah. think you grow with I think you need nothing some but shitty stage, stage time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure. You need almost, validation. Yeah. It's almost back to what you're saying before where it's like they, you just can't, you don't have a sense of it. You can't, you can't learn yeah. what jokes work if you don't have an audience. No. Yeah. yeah. And then we can talk about comedy classes yeah. too, which I don't believe in. Yeah. It's like, I've met a lot of good comics who took comedy classes, but then the more you talk to them, you're like, oh, that's not. They didn't need to take those classes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. it, the only thing it may have done is been, it's sort of like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I should do comedy. You and just watch you it. Go, you yeah. just watch it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you'll learn, yeah. you know? Then you do it and you'll learn even more. Although one day I might want to make some money teaching comedy classes, so... Uh, They're good. It's not... <laughs> they have some, well, the other thing I think is that like some people are... I was not afraid to, especially early on, look like a jackass. It's not in my personality to be like, oh, I, uh, you know, I, I thought I was going to look kind of silly and farcical when I started doing it. And I think some did. people need to thank you. Mm-hmm. I think so. you might have seen my first set, by the way. But, uh, but, but some people, I think, feel the need like, oh, I can't look unpolished. I can't look unfortunate. I was going to ask. That was me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was me my, too. my big hurdle yeah. um, in life failure. in general yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is uh, my fear of embarrassment. Yeah. Not fear of failure. Yeah. If you have yeah, embarrassment. Yeah. Well, that's what failure is to me is embarrassing myself in front of other people. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Mm. I, don't I, don't mind, I don't mind failing just in private. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Failing might lead to learning, but embarrassing, I just, uh, the, yeah. I, get, I get scarred yeah. from, I have burned uh, bridges with people because I'm embarrassed of my own behavior. <laughs> <laughs> but there, but also that that articulates a kind of bravery because to do comedy. Uh, see, I never. When people are like, "How do you how do you get up there, man?" It's like that's yeah. not the hard part. The yeah. hard part is consistency. The hard part is yeah. how do you make a living up there, man? Yeah. And I um, I just said this the other day about uh, I was a good comic, but I wasn't funny. And just because you had it, uh, you had like the. I knew what to do. I knew the mechanics. I know how to write a joke. I knew, yeah. you know, all that just right out of the gate. I knew how to do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can construct a joke and blah, blah, blah. But to call me funny doesn't seem right. You know, uh, when I was on the road, I was a good, solid middle. Middles yeah, yeah, did yeah. 30 minutes. I, I was not dirty. Um, so I was a guy that was like, I was solid and I did not bury the headliner. That's yeah. exactly what they want. And <laughs> they don't want you to be too funny and they don't want to be terrible. You're going to yeah. bring the room down if you're terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, but because of my fear of embarrassment, I could never just break through to that. Um, and I guess there's a part of me, it's like, ah, I guess I don't really want to, you know, but that, uh, that could be just the fear talking too. That, you know? Well, that in and of itself is interesting to me. So the idea like, is that they don't want the middle to be too. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do in that position when you're like, well, I'll get less work if I try to do a different kind of thing or be a different thing. Well, yeah, I was always afraid of not getting invited back to places. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, there was, uh, I remember uh, uh, an audience member in Indianapolis had said to me after a show, it's like, hey, we saw you last year. A lot of the same stuff. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And um, I'm still doing it. Because I'm afraid to, I was afraid to take a chance. Yeah. But here's an anecdote from uh, uh, Daniel Tosh. He, he and I worked together when he was, you know, just exploding. 
and um, there's a guy who books all these improvs or something, Rob Hartman, I think. And he said to Daniel, when Daniel was really exploding, he's like, all right, you're welcome at all my clubs. What I don't want to hear from managers is Daniel killed all week. Like, I want you to start taking chances. Hmm. And nice. so when cool. I did work with him, every time he came, even if I didn't work with him, he would come back to Cap City or something, 20 new minutes, 25 new minutes. And then when I did work with him, you'd see, he's like, I know what to open with. I know what to close with. And in the middle, he would just pull out a set list, not a notebook filled with words, yeah. Yeah. just a set list of new stuff that he has already practiced but it's not on stage. Yeah. And so just in the middle of his act, he's already got him on his side. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, all right, new material. And then he'll just go through three jokes. End of the week, one of those will stay in the roster. Yeah. And if you do that every week, and of course he was a workhorse too. He was working 52 weeks a year yeah, at one yeah. point. Holy so, um, but, uh, what was the point of this whole story? <laughs> well, you well, were, I think you were Jared was wondering, because you were talking about how if you, you don't want to bury the headliner or, or the headliners don't oh, want to get buried. Yeah. So how do you try to get better while not burying headliners? I don't think you have to worry about that too much at mm-hmm. first. You know, it's not like, I mean, it would be funny if that <laughs> is was that your worry. Life. It's like, I want to go out and feature, but I'm afraid to bury the headliner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I want well, your inflated sense well, of ego. Please let me get this four minutes out <laughs> without shitting on stage. That's the good. Uh, but I actually I do I do want do you think like for comics especially at a kind of lower level do you think they should worry more about like ha- playing the long game and just trying to be- mm. get get better or is it important to kind of look good in those in those moments you know what I mean like because I would yeah I both, think that's a more you? important I hope so can't you get better and then when the showcase comes around you, yeah. just, you pull out what you've learned yeah but this is this is what I think like so or this is my question when you're in front of people who really are kind of ju- I mean I think this happens at all levels like your your friends are going to book you you know hopefully a club will eventually book you that kind of stuff like do you want to be seen doing like your best stuff all the time or do you want to be seen like Oh look, they, he's working on stuff. He's actually trying. He's not just doing the same stuff. I that's saw last personally, year. that's what I'd like to see. Now sure. that I'm booking, yeah, I want to see someone who's. I mean, I I have taken that little anecdote about Daniel Tosh, yeah, and that's kind of what I do with open mic. Yeah, it's like you're all here because I like what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear the same. You know, I yeah. posted about that once. I don't yeah, want to hear the same three or four minutes. You're here. I think if you're resonated. a regular, yeah. yeah, if you're a regular, that means yeah. I like you. Now, now take a chance. Now, yeah. you know. That's, that's well, and I think so. What what you're talking about, though, Jared, is like you can in, at certain open mics um, try your newest stuff, at, and then at certain showcases, you know, you, you're doing stuff like in front of your friends, yeah. and uh, you know, you're gonna, you know, the situation. Like Absolutely. there are places where it's a good show with a big audience and you're going to want to do stuff. It's like not time to take as many chances. One of, one of the best things about Austin right now for me, and this is relative to what I hear from other places and stuff like that, or how it used to be is that there are so many different shows where uh, have a, a variety of different kinds of uh, pressure or expectations. States, yeah. There are some places where I can just do whatever. Like yeah. tramps is a great example. And Really, no one is going to judge me, right. and it's so it's not just like oh, it doesn't matter if I bomb. It's that everybody in the room understands. Oh, he's just trying to figure something out. It'd be weird if you did a polished a- exactly. But material. yeah, but if you're trying to work something out, that's fine. But if yeah. you're up there just to masturbate, that way, I, then yeah, fuck ab- you, absolutely. Yeah. I, don't, I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, or like, I know. What but I, if that's the only way that you the, can, <laughs> get a laugh. No, literally, if you masturbate, oh, well, I, yeah. I, I hate the like two minutes into it. If somebody like an open mic comic 
does the thing where they're like, oh, what else was I going to? It's like, well, then fucking go. give it like, back you to don't the room. To, then, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Work oh, I have out. a minute left. Then, yeah. oh, um, let me see. It's like, just get off. Someone yeah. had to get played off a couple weeks ago at the pl- <laughs> at playpen. Off. Yeah. At, at, well, because I, we had a new tech person like who'd never done it before. And so I think she kind of didn't know what was going on. I don't even remember who it was, but he was up there and it's a four minute open mic where you're supposed to do new material. But at like two and a half minutes, he was like, oh, I don't think I have anything left. So let me see if I can think of something. And he spent a literal 40, 50 seconds being like, I don't... Mm, and he like moved the mic back and forth a little bit and finally the tech person just started playing the music to be like you can just go no one wants you, you to stay to up here right now all four of those minutes yeah. 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 well you got us two but there are these different places and they have different uh, I don't know different tolerances almost like I love doing Cherrywood because Cherrywood is this good combination of okay I can get an audience here that wants to see this because mm-hmm. it's the layout's right where the, the people will wander over that want to see it and they don't have to be bothered True. and then also nobody uh, you know important is there a lot of times yeah Matt Bearden will go in there every once in a while and let me just say I <laughs> fucking love Matt Bearden he's, an, he's one of my favorite comics in Austin uh, but Jared I was mad 42 favorite comics in uh, Austin yeah, I don't shit on anybody <laughs> it's not tactical but uh, maybe it is anyway but I was like in my head I'm like mad at him when he shows up because I'm like I don't want you to see that I want yeah. to work on stuff like be later yeah, you you have to have faith uh, like guys like Beard and yeah yeah if you have a bad set you can still tell he know, if yeah, you're yeah. good you can tell if you're good and having a bad set yeah the, that's the, a good point so one of the things somebody told me a similar thing right before FPA and I think that's what where the pressure was off in a weird way is somebody was like people know how long you've been doing this whether you do well or not and I was like well, okay well then if I'm the stakes are in a weird way lower you know yeah, what I'm saying like sure. it's like okay if I can't fool them into thinking I'm better then they it's just transparent I'm just gonna do my best then yeah. Well, yeah, do your best. Yeah, well, I got that. Okay, wait. So, so backing up a little bit, you moved back to to Texas to Austin, mm-hmm. and then you started doing comedy much more happily again. Yeah, yeah. No, everything I got was when I moved out of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have to regress uh, to waiting tables mm-hmm. again. I was not happy. I was thirty one waiting tables, but yeah. Well. That job was managed by a guy who used to manage Cap City Comedy Club, oh, uh, Rich Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. And he was very supportive. And so comics would come and go. He was like, you know, I was just starting to get on the road, just starting to book myself. And he's like, you got to go away for two weeks. Just let me know. got to go. And so there was no other job. It's like, I hated waiting tables, but this was necessary. There's no other job yeah. with a manager who's going to understand and let yeah. me go. And so yeah. all I had to do was I was there for seven months and then I was full time. And so... That seven month step backwards was completely necessary. But did you feel that way at the time? Did you have a sense of that at the time? Um, or yeah, was it, I knew it. Okay, I was like, I don't want to okay. be here, but it's a means to an end. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, and this is back when I was again very dorky about you know you call these places. I cold call some of these. It's like, hey, uh, you know, so and so told me to call you. Like Rich Miller and Colleen would say, you can drop our name, and so that's that's another thing where you know the right people say you can drop their names. Yeah. To these people, these people, these people. Yeah, um, that's how I got booked. I was Sometimes say, they'd you're be like, about- "Call back in six months." I'd flip forward in my date book, yeah. call so and so six months, and I would fucking do it. Yeah. yeah. So eventually, you know, you would. Sometimes I'd book things that were six months, seven months ahead, and it doesn't help you immediately. Yeah, yeah. But 
while I was doing that waiting tables for those seven months, I was building. But that, that's yeah. why I think this is hard as a discipline because there are a lot of things that you have to be good at and they're not the same kind of personality things yeah. necessarily. I happen to be like, I'm very organized. Yeah, and disciplined. And I know a lot of comics are not. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. get in my car and it's immaculate. Like, this is not a comics car. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's my car. I apologize yeah. in advance for the state <laughs> of my truck. Well, uh, the, honestly, like I, I, was, I was saying this to you earlier, like I think I couldn't have done this younger. Because I did not have the personal organization and discipline to do it. It just did not exist in me as mm. a person. I had to wait till I got older. Like what? A lot of people like, should Whatever I? Whatever narrative you need to construct no, to make people, yourself. People, no, other people are. Other people will be like, "Oh, I should have started earlier." They they yeah. feel bad about it. I'm like, I, I physically could not have. So it's not. Well, yeah. Do you guys it. have goals in stand up? I mean. If you ask me what I wanted to do back then, yeah. I, I would say I wanted to write. Yeah, which they, is I'm thinking it's 30, not a great thing to say. I think it's like thirty percent. That's that's my guess. Is that the, the comics I talked to? Oh. When you because especially when I was doing that other wait thirty percent of what happened. Oh, comics want to be writers are really their goal in professionally. Now I, it's hard to say because this is what's running through that is also the common wisdom that it's it's hard to just be a stand up. So I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are saying that out of like a prag like either yeah. they just know you should say that it sounds sensible or they're trying to be practical. Mm. But it, like I said 25 30% of the people I talk to like my friends our friends our friends uh, are like trying like oh perfect for me SNL writing job. Yeah, SNL writing jobs um from what I hear are like a lot of hours. And so if you wanted to like have and and you know, like it's kind of shitty working conditions. Yeah. If you I mean, if you want that because you want to move on to something else or you want to have that cool life experience, but I think that if you want a writing job because you think you're going to make like that's the way to make money and do stand up like I mean, there are certain writing jobs I think you could have and also do stand-up, but you, how many hours a week are you going to be able to really spend on stand-up if you have a 60-hour-a-week writing no, but job? Some, I mean, some of them, I don't even know if that's... They but when you're funny. on the road, you have all day. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the, even if you're on the road, yeah. um, you, there are only certain kinds of writing jobs that you could have. I don't sure, no, that makes know. Sense. I'm just saying, I think some of them don't even... Like, comedy in and of itself. It's not that I think it's a means to an end for certain people. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is... I want to be a comedy, or I, I want to be a comedy. I want to be you a comedian. Are a comedy, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, it's very Greek. Uh, like I want to be a comedian, and this is like this would be a way to do that. Yeah. Stand up is a way to do that. That's not how I feel. Like I want to be. I've always wanted to be a comic. Yeah. And then like when I finally got up, I was like, oh, I'm a comic now, and now it's just like I want to be really good at it. But I've. Ne- I mean, it's not like I would turn down a writing job or something like that. Yeah. But that's not in my head as a thing. Or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to work. But even like writing jobs, that's a lot of, you have to uh, submit, submit, yeah. submit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lori Kilmartin told me when she, remember that show Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn? I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she would send in unsolicited writing packets. And by the fourth one, they're like, she's consistent. She's good. I mean, anyone can, you know, I said, I'm not anyone. It's easier to just give someone a writing packet that you've been working on for a long time. To yeah. These 20 monologue jokes, perfectly fashioned. But it's something else to give someone Four. week after yeah. week. After so they week. know yeah. that you can produce. Yeah. I think yeah. someone just told me that the, um, like Fallon, maybe, one of those shows, um, if you get selected to submit, you know, once they get past that first 20, they want you to do it for a week because yeah. that's what the job is. That makes yeah. sense. And yeah, why would you hire someone who just has this perfect 20 or can they consistently pump out? Right. But, also, I just think some of it's got to be personality, right? Like, I mean, I like to write. I want to write. This has always erupted out of conversation for me. 
Yeah. That's what, so, so at some level, well, like, when you write for someone else, you have to write for their voice. Mm-hmm. You yeah, can't yeah, yeah. write Jared yeah. McCorkle yeah, yeah, for yeah. Jimmy Fallon now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, and it totally makes sense. And the other thing I don't want to live like I, I've acted in a few little things that was totally fun. I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a purist in terms of like you either stand up comic, no, but just in terms of what really like appeals. Yeah, to I me. mean, yeah, yeah. most people who are stand up comics have multiple revenue streams, or you know what I mean, or like have yeah. side things, or whatever, you know, have to figure that out. So I think that I mean that's something. Like I mean, I want to get to the point where I don't have a day job. I want to be a comic. And then I want to figure out how to make money without yeah. having, you know, and that's, that's that what, can be from multiple make, different. Yeah, my yeah. big goal is just I want to make money creatively. Right. Yeah, I've yeah. only had one nine to five job in my life. It was for two years. Yeah. And whatever I can do to avoid a real job. Yeah. I will <laughs> do. And that's. The thing. I was like, don't have a backup plan, but have other plans. Yeah. Do yeah. other things. You'll feel like Ramin, what he does. Yeah. That, you know, no. he's got, yeah, he's got stand up. He's got uh, cartoonery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's making uh, and the um, video games and. Ramin Nazir, if the listeners don't know, yeah, the the cartoon stuff, it's not just silly. It's philosophical. It's interesting. Yeah. And he does it like daily. Yeah. He 40, 43 favorite comics. Um, I like, com- <laughs> I came into this because I like comedy, not the shit. Anyway, okay, it's fine. I know. Yeah. Okay, so when you started, in, when you were back in Austin and you were booking, you were going, wanting to go on the road, so you're booking yourself, you're, like you're calling up clubs mm-hmm. and uh and is that that's kind of how it worked then i don't even know how it works now honestly um well now that i'm in this side of things i can tell you uh references yeah that's no one watches tapes no yeah. one uh, barely watches links you know yeah. um especially today there just seems to be so many i get so many emails from people it's like how do i weed through yeah. the best way to weed through is to get a recommendation from someone that daniel Tosh got me into two rooms that yeah. happened instantly you think that would have happened if i called those clubs <laughs> Probably so not. if you latch on to someone if someone latches on to you if they like you again you can't ask yeah but if they like you they will invite you along to, mm-hmm. to this this week or hey i'm coming to austin you know maybe margie can uh, book you as the middle can i ask and so um yeah, well, that's. Some, no. I mean, some honestly, and some of this is funny because I was thinking, like, some of this is like the broader issue is just like there's so much content out there. Like, if you're booking something, I think it's like I have eight things I want to watch that have nothing to do with comedy or like things I need to read or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I could totally see how that wouldn't like penetrate that, wouldn't like stick yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, so let's talk about let's talk about it then. So, uh, how long have you been managing the Valve? Uh, three years now. Three years, and how did you decide to start doing that? Um, it, the opportunity just came up and yeah. I was, uh, I sold my car with the express intent to stay off the road. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just, it was, <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. It's like the burning the boats behind you. You're like, I'm um, just going to sell my no, car. I'm a big fan of, uh, um, the expression, throwing my hat over the fence. You just mm. do something. Well, now yeah, I got to yeah. get my hat. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to go over that fence, but we're hemming and hawing, you just, you force yourself oh, into like action. I like that better. I always call that like getting in that line for the high dive. Or throwing you know, your frisbee ooh, on the yeah. roof. It's, yeah. uh, but but like, someone, my chiropractor actually told that to me, throwing your hat over the fence. And uh, that's what I did. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going to stay off the road. Because I kept saying yes to things. Oh, wait, I just got it. Like What's throwing it? your hat of because you, you, have to you either get, have to get yeah, it or yeah. you have to decide. Yeah. You know you, what? Turns yeah. out I didn't want that hat. Yeah. that bad. That's only if you want to. Like yeah. you want to cross the fence. I don't know. When can I do it? No, yeah. it's a perfect time. And it's like you just yeah. you, know, you force yourself into action. So selling my car was my way to force myself off the road. And uh, how long did you work the road? By the way, 
About nine just, years. Okay. And was it fun? Was it, yeah. did you make enough money to be okay? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's also, I know how to live lean. There's yeah. that. I yeah. did not have credit card debt. That's another yeah. thing. My car was paid for, which is an old Volvo. Yeah. So it's not like I went into it because I talked to people that got into debt as a feature on the road. Yeah. yeah. And a feature slash middle, they just do 30 minutes. Yeah. So when I did that thing about the, I had that life's little instruction book that was a, a bit and I just kept writing them. I just, I was in a, a bookstore in Chicago and I just pulled all these instant karma books off the shelf and I just kept writing and writing and writing. Next thing I know, I had 300 of them. And that became a book. And that became, at first it was self-published. And then I was accidentally asked on the Bob and Tom show in Indianapolis. And I sold like 5,000 of them wow. over three months. This and, is a cynic's guide to a rich and full life you're talking about. Yeah. So what and that was back that? when it was a little self-published square of a book, which yeah. is just yeah. like getting a Kinko's to do it for you. Yeah. And then, Is that what you did? Um, it was a place up in Detroit who yeah. did self-publishing because not many people would do a four-by-four four book, just a tiny square of a book. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I was in uh, Indianapolis and the booker did not like the headliner I was with personally. Mm-hmm. Just funny because he's been at the Velve two times now. Um, <laughs> but she was like, why don't you go on? And I just happened to have that book for me for the first time on the road. It's the first time I was selling this book on the road. I brought it on Bob and Tom and they were... Uh, they usually hate those kind of books, but because I was lampooning them, yeah, you know, he just kept reading from like Bob kept or Tom kept reading from them, and it was just you know. And then it turns out that Bob had two long haired dachshunds, and I had a long haired dachshund. <laughs> it was just one of those magical moments that, like you know, the cancellation of the headliner and me in the book. And, and so, you were, you, because of that, though, this is a long way to say that was an excellent way for me to make a living as a feature because I was um, making more than I was. Um, whatever their pay was, pay for features yeah. usually five hundred bucks or something. Sure. But I was I was eclipsing that with books. You were selling the books, and yeah. that was a way to do it. That's a way to CDs yeah. and DVDs are dead. Don't even bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to have a download code, that's cool. Yeah, that's but, what you're selling like this book that you. So there's kind of artistic thing. This isn't. Yeah, it's, it's also cool something. It's like it's the... not just a CD of all the shit you just heard. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's something unique, and that's that's the advertising background too. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, people won't pay for different, but they'll pay top dollar for unique. That's great. Yeah. And so anyone selling merch on the road, I think the easiest thing to do without thinking too much is a t-shirt. Yeah. You know, if you get a good design and a good quality t-shirt, I yeah. hate when comics are like, oh, I got this thing for two fifty. It's like, yeah. yeah, it fucking shows. Yeah. And, and no one's going to wear it. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's poor marketing. Don't you have an artist trend in all of, you know what I mean? You'd think being they, an Everyone artist, does. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I like how com- uh, a lot of comedy album covers have really gotten nice. And I think yeah. Pat Oswalt really kicked that off because he, God, I would love to be that guy for that. Like he, all these artist people, art, artist people, all these... <laughs> Artist friends that love him as a comic, they all just submit all this beautiful artwork. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, because for the longest time, just comedy album covers, just the worst. Just hideous. And uh, all of a sudden, that's changed, you know? And you mentioned the word serendipity. I mean, in some it sounds like what you're describing, you had this, like, philosophy of, like, I'm going to throw my hat over the fence. Yeah, you put yourself in a position to get lucky. Yeah, Hmm. yeah. There's luck involved, but you have to put yourself there. You can't just tell jokes and, you know... Yeah, uh, fucking Tulsa, Oklahoma, and expect to get discovered. Yeah, I always like this. Uh, this like this contrast or this argument between: is it better to write uh, when you're inspired, or write just sit in a chair and write? And I think <sighs> the idea is like you're more likely to be inspired when you're sitting in a chair writing. Than well, just, how many like, times have you guys sat down to write and then something came out 
that never would have come out if you didn't sit right. down. No, if you didn't yeah. make the effort to sit down and like, ah, oh, I got to sit down and write. But then yeah. something comes out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you need both. Yeah. I mean. Okay, so did you sell any other merch besides... I tried the- t-shirts, but it was a pain in the ass. Yeah. And I was also trying to sell my design-oriented t-shirts, which... Yeah. I, I didn't have a commercial for them on stage. I'm like, hey, here's t-shirts. Didn't I make it. sense. Buy yeah. one. It didn't yeah. make any sense. And I wonder if certain kind of comics are more like ready-made for t-shirt kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are, there are some comics that I love, like Kurt Metzger is a great example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think he's amazing analytical, analogical stuff, but I don't think of him in this like image in the same way you know he's he doesn't have the same yeah. persona that some people it seems like, like maria bamford has um her personality and some of those shirts that people buy you yeah, know yeah. what i mean there's there's something like uh, not just artistic and funny but like meaningful that sure. she'll bring it's not to a just t-shirt. like i don't agree with uh you know bill hicks used to say don't hawk shit after the show it's like yeah he said that in the 80s yeah. Yeah. everyone sold the worst garbage yeah sure yeah, yeah ever but no absolutely especially nowadays when gas is no longer 69 cents a gallon bill yeah, 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 yeah. and features make half of what they used to make which yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense either is, um is, but yeah. if you sell them quality if you're not embarrassed to what yeah. you sell then you shouldn't be you know yeah. or you shouldn't yeah. be uh, uh, afraid to sell anything I think similarly people that are like uh, spokesmen for things or take sponsored ads and stuff like that it's like yeah if you don't if you don't hate the product or you're actually yeah, using if you, it it doesn't seem to have the same thing yeah. it's like I'm working for Pepsi oh, I, like I adore a good product I will pitch the hell out of a yeah, product yeah, that yeah. I adore yeah yeah but that's yeah. about it I can't fake something yeah one time because my fiance is a farmer and so when we we did, went on tour together with her volunteering at farms and me doing comedy and so one time after a show that I headlined um, we sold like fruit <laughs> and it was people loved it because I kind of told them about this you know this thing and I mean we were selling star fruit for a dollar <laughs> we just had you know a hundred star fruit and we just sold them all for a dollar which at Whole Foods would be four dollars or something and people I mean so yeah it's like selling stuff is if you can find something that you're not embarrassed to sell because yeah. I yeah it's sitting at the merch act, you know, yeah sitting at a merch table trying to sell stuff where you're like embarrassed to be like Ugh, is I hated that I don't like that action I had you know I've had comics after a show they're like hey man buy his book I'm like don't yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't do that want it. If like they, that. and I would always set up not in the yeah yeah you know no, not in the path of exit I'm like if they want it they'll them. come to me yes it sounded like you were like they'd be oh. buy it, but don't buy it <laughs> don't you make, son of a bitch don't make them no, do like this walk them. of shame where they avert their eyes <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. say hey great set not, but I'm not buying your shit yeah, yeah. I don't, exactly I don't want to make people uncomfortable yeah so another reason that's not really it's not a good thing for a comic yeah I think that along with my I don't like to bother people it also might fuck the persona up up a little bit too yeah. because in some sense you're going out there well yeah you seem needy that's why like yeah. big guys, guys they have merch people yeah it's yeah yeah. I tried to make my fiance do it she wasn't also, very <laughs> happy <to laughs> I think the internet's probably changed a lot of that too like I was thinking like I've ordered uh, merchandise from comics I like but I didn't get it at the show it yeah, could've. but I mean, it was. It's more like, oh, I'm listening to this guy's podcast. I love like Ari Shafir, like has a website. Yeah, and but like he's that, and it seems like also very famous. No, I of course, of course. Uh-huh. I'm just saying generally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I could see pitching your web. Like, oh, if you want more content or whatever, you can, like go here and then have it there. Okay, this yeah, is a bit but they're probably not. Uh, <laughs> they're probably not really going to follow through if you're not like super famous. But um, okay, so then you decided that you were done touring and that you would ra- like it was time to sell your car and and manage the valve, and so you. Well, I sold my car first. The, the valve job wasn't there i was oh, just okay. i was burned out yeah and, and that was intentional i wasn't so you yeah didn't go on the road. right yeah. and mm-hmm. so another regression i um 
you know, parts and labor is where I sell most of my shirts. Mm -hmm. And they also owned uh, uh, New Bohemia, New Bohemia. So when I got off the road, I just worked in their warehouse. You know, I always had the passive income of my t-shirt sales, but I needed that extra something because um, comedy was gone. Yeah. And so I just worked at a vintage warehouse just by myself with, you know, uh, earbuds in, nice. sorting vintage clothing, mountains, little mountains of vintage clothing. Hmm. And it was perfect. Yeah. Because I had just, you know, I was tired of trying to please people. You know, it's the one thing about waiting tables and stand up. Yeah. You're at the mercy of someone else's <laughs> Whether they like opinion. You. And yeah. If they like you, I'll tip you. If I like you, I'll laugh. And yeah. I hated that after a while. Yeah, yeah. And so to be in this job, just me and mountains of musty clothing, it was <laughs> it was perfect. It was refreshing. Yeah. And then about six months or seven months later, the Velve kind of came up. I heard Dana was getting burned out. And, you know, like I was telling you, so many things offend my eye. Yeah, and there were so many things inside the valve that I could not wait. I was like, "Oh, this could be fun." Yeah, you know, I could have fun revamping this place. And uh, yeah, Jared and I, you know, didn't ever see it um, before you, Facebook but I've heard. Page. Look at <laughs> oh, just yeah. look at all the old photos. Yeah. I don't like the photos that I'm in or my class is in. I don't yeah. recognize the valve. I don't remember it looking like that. That's yeah, but not just aesthetically. I mean, apparently the, the stage were, was deeper because right now it's. That curtain blocks about a uh, you know six or seven big esters uh, things. The bar used to be against that one wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, then it was up in the corner. That vestibule used to be huge, but now it's tiny because it was you know uh, walled off to hold some magic tricks for Ray next door. So it's gone through evolution, but I think it's as far as it can go right now. There's there's no way else it can. Yeah. It's, it's the best it can be right now, which. It's still inconvenient a little bit. So, so Dana was getting kind of burnt out, and I could see that. I'm curious, when you're leaving now, are you leaving and kind of like, you know, I love it, it's it's great, but um, you know things, what? I feel it, like uh, um, I like doing a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, you know, I like doing trying things that I think I'd be good at, um, and I feel like I've gotten what I can out of this. And I went in, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I don't want to be. Uh, on Sixth Street anymore. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't because I'm still in customer service, and yeah. even though I can tell people to get the hell out of my club or whatever, Which um, I don't like it. Cool. I hate confrontation. No one's ever yeah. seen me lose my shit in public until I took this job. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And yeah, yeah. Uh, because I can't control people, and that's maddening sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Especially just the like, same conversation. You have the same conversations with people that get thrown out, and we're just trying to have a good time. Yeah. I thought this was a comedy club. You're a dick. Just everyone has the same complaints about getting kicked out, and it's it gets. What, what, about, what about the comedy? They're like you. I, we all watch a lot of comedy, but it strikes yeah. me that you must watch more comedy than almost anybody in the city. I'm not sick of it. I'm not I'm, okay. That's you no, know, it's th there's something about this job that's it's unlike any other comedy manage. I would never manage a real comedy club. You know, like and I, when I say real, I mean like Cap City. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. They're open every day of the week. And um, I like the fact this is three nights a week. Yeah. You know, I don't go to work until 7 p.m. those three nights. Yeah. And all the other stuff I enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, I like uh, something else I couldn't do at a regular comedy club, which is put a lot of my personality into the social media, into the graphics, into everything. Everything was done the way I wanted to. You know, yeah. Michael yeah. and Shannon have been really nice. So the and creative control trusting. aspect. They were a little hesitant at first, but I was kind of a bully yeah, yeah. about, no, no, no. She was like, uh, I remember she was like, what about little pieces of cheese? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> so there is something, comedy and graphic design that can be very 
shitty about. It's, but I don't think of it as me being a prick. I'm like, no, no, this is just not sponge painting. Come on. This, the, the weird stuff about that, it's like it reminds me of the radio voice that people would do where you find out later on. I don't remember where I heard this, but like nobody told anybody to do that. They just see <laughs> it. It's a meme. People, people think they're yeah. supposed to do it. So yeah. when they go on the radio, then they start, it might have been podcasts that sort of changed like, like yeah. oh, you can actually just, just, people will talk and it's yeah. fine. And I, I think, I'm sure it's like, well, no, we're doing a comedy club. It's supposed to have right. pieces cheesy. of cheese. And that, yeah. was, that was my big thing. I'm like, no more wacky. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's just, and I also like the contrast of Esther's being big and colorful and huge. And then you come into this little groovy hole to yeah, watch yeah, yeah. stand up. It's a little bit more intimate. And I hated like little details. Like some of the seat backs were hot pink and blue. I'm mm. like, put those over there. Give us the black backs. And yeah. just little stuff like that, just to take all the wacky away. There was so much, that stage used to be distracting. Yeah. Because there was so much shit. This was a jungle theme over here. The, uh, there was a picture of uh, Gerald Ford on the wall over here. It's, you know, red sponge painting How here. How often did a comic like say something about Gerald oh, Ford? Every time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, there's, that's, that's one of those things that, uh, that people glorify. I guess that's not so bad because that was kind of funny. But that was one of those things where, oh, you took the Gerald Ford off the... Yeah. It's like, do you really give a shit? That's yeah. why you, you came. Know, it's like, oh, that place went out of business that I never joke. go to. You know, it's that kind of lament. That's like, an awesome yeah. thing, too, especially. Well, yeah. Maybe it's everywhere, but it's it's never struck me as for a sure. Okay, wait. So then while... Uh, well, well, I would. I did want to ask, what's so the, the worst? What, <laughs> what's the worst person you've had to kick out, or like the worst confrontation that's ever happened at the Valve? Um, and there aren't too many of them either. I'm just thinking of the ones that I yelled at people. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't like the superlative, like the worst. Give me, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have me, to. Uh, we, we won't hold you to it. I'll but like a, an terrible. awful one, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's generic terrible. It's the same. It's, uh, you know, why are you yelling at us for talking? It's a comedy club, which doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah but there right. was uh, there were regulars who came in and um, they brought their two friends. And because of this, they embarrassed themselves out of coming back. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't come back for a long time. Because their two friends were on X or Molly or something. Yeah. And they just kept talking in the back. And, you know, I finally just, you it's know, like, like all right, out. We got to go out. Yeah. And, you know, I was getting this, uh, you know, that sort of condescending, hey, relax, man. And, mm. I, and I was just getting steamed. Yeah. And uh, again, this is not a big thing, but trying to tell someone to stop talking, like, okay. And they just go right back to talking. Yeah. And yeah. you ask them again, they okay, no problem. They just go right back to it. It's you want to punch somebody. It's yeah. the, the disrespect. It's like, then just leave. Yeah. Then just leave. And yeah. I've had that same conversation with, you know, I get one star reviews if you see some of them on, you know, Mario's and Ass Monkey or whatever the <laughs> hell they called me. Yeah. And it's like, why? Because I didn't give you more drinks to get you drunker because I told you to be quiet three or four times. Yeah, yeah. And... Well, some people just bring their misery in or whatever and there's just... there's it, There aren't behaviors you can engage in to change them as a person. Like, it's just not... Their personality is just going to stay shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I feel... I got, I got another... I feel like our listeners are going to hate me if I don't ask this question, which is hopefully not too sprawling. Uh, so you've seen a lot of comedy mm-hmm. and you and you see it, it strikes me also at consistently various levels. You see people just starting out real bad and you see some of the best in the world. And I'm curious, is there a thing that you see in people, like whether it's a behavior or a trait or whatever, that's consistent with people that are that become good, that are successful, that kind of thing? Um, yeah, I actually said you said a word in there that I would look for is consistent. And that's... Um, like if, if someone asked me what do I look for in a comic that I book, 
Yeah. It's the same thing I see in, yeah, on both those levels. It's someone who is, um, likability I will put over material. Hmm. I mean, I never used to feel that way. But when you like somebody, <laughs> the writer, they the can sell line. you. Okay. Right, right. I thought it was all about the word. And then you see that terrible graphic where 7%, this pie chart, 7% is words of communication. Yeah. Yeah. And the communication is all nonverbal. Um, but uh, fearlessness is a huge thing. And I don't mean like Todd Barry is fearless. Yeah. You know, he doesn't get up there and yell. I don't think I don't think sound and fury yeah. equates to you don't have to be confidence innocent. or no, no. You can just be like to me, Chad Daniels last week. Um, I always had a big talent crush on him because yeah. not only is he a, a extremely prolific writer and really good at it, um, he's also fearless. He's not, a, and I don't just mean fearless like he's afraid. He doesn't apologize up there. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, this is my show. Yeah. And, you know, and I've worked with comics like this in the past. They're like this one guy I worked with Andy Campbell a long time ago. He said he hit a turning point in his career. He was tired of trying to placate this audience or this audience, or I think they might like this in this town or they might. And he finally, he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to do what I do and sound like I sound. And all of his sets got better because he just... I don't know, just gave in, just yeah. let, let go, I guess. That's another something that I had a problem with was letting go on stage. So when I see someone up there um, who's got all that, who is consistently, they're coming back with new stuff and it's they're just so likable, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, someone who tweaks their jokes. Uh, when Chris Tellez did a, a headline set uh, a few months ago, and I see this in, in other comics, too. It's like they will sit there between and, and write and tweak. And and then by the end of the week, he had this polished up and this polished up. Yeah. And then they put it in their back pocket and they start writing more shit. Yeah. So likability, consistency, fearlessness. These are things. Yeah. And I, it seems like you've got to. But not arrogance. There's a big difference between being fearless and, and yeah. arrogant. You know, arrogance not always funny. Yeah. I was, I was thinking that, you know. It, you, it seems like you have to get to a certain point where you can tell the difference because I see a lot of people where it's almost, it seems like arrogance, That's a, it's why they don't change what they're doing. Or mm. they don't, you know what I mean? Because it seems to me there's a lot of correction you have to do. And that's something I stopped doing um, was giving unsolicited advice. Yeah. Um, if it's something like, uh, or tags, that was the other thing. Like, uh, I think it worked better when you did this. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, yeah. it's not, you know, if they ask, that's fine. Sure. Um. But that being said, I will also, what I will rather uh, tell you if you're doing something distracting yeah, or yeah. something that you need to know. It's like a spinach in your teeth thing. If yeah. you're not telling me because you're embarrassed of telling me, then you're an asshole. Yeah. yeah. How many of us are not telling other people's things yeah. that they, you Oh, we're, you need to like stop, you know, I was told like you're not looking at the audience, yeah. you know, or you're looking above them and you're not connecting, you know, that, that kind of stuff you need to tell people. I can tell my friends. I mean, I just, I mean, I can tell anybody, but I mean like I, I tell my friends that stuff all the time. I'll tell you stuff. I'll tell Jake stuff or whatever, but I'll admit that there's like a certain going up to somebody and being like, you should, especially where I'm at. Cause I've well, been doing a good way to say is, yeah. can I give you a note? Oh, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's the good. best way. Can I give you a note? Cause if they say yes, then you know, they have to take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to, you know, you'll, you'll hear a lot of advice. Um, and I was, you know, I've been told tags that I couldn't see like yeah. someone who knows my set and is a friend of mine and says, Hey, you should do this. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. too proud. Yeah, to yeah. not take a tag because then you give it to somebody and it's mm -hmm. 
And if you think that that your shit is crushed fruit (laughs) and nothing that anyone else could say is going to be funnier than what you have to say, then I I bet you're not that funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I also like telling people like, oh, you should think about doing this. Because even if they don't take it, like they, oh, that means you were thinking about what they were doing. People have given me that before and it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. You also don't want to be the person to, uh, it's flattering if someone knows your jokes well enough to offer some sort of advice or a tag or something. It's like, oh, you're listening. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But you also don't want to be that guy who just goes around giving unsolicited yeah. advice to everybody. Don't do it often. I don't want to yeah. name any names, but I'm annoyed by the guy who, like, you're trying to watch somebody and they decide, like, next to you, because they're trying to play, now they're going to do this guy's punchlines better than him. They're going to come up with other punchlines. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I get it. You're fucking funnier than that part. Yeah, but I can't fucking hear him or whatever. Yeah, super weird. I mean, I, w- I think I would do that with you if this is a set we've already yeah, seen yeah. before. Oh, yeah, times. for sure. But yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, if I'm trying to watch someone, I, I, it but, is but, annoying. When you're trying to watch someone's stuff and someone's talking, you're like, I actually just want to watch this comedy but, right but now. You can, you can say that too. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to always gotta watch this guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah <laughs> you have to. It's, there's something inherently full of shit about it. Now, if we're just fucking around, that's one thing, but like, the full of shit part of it is like, yeah, the setups are the hard part, asshole. Yeah. Like, yeah, everybody, can, if, you, if you show me the observation and the premise, yeah, and and I'm completely off stage and could just be free. I can come up with funny well, punchlines. There's there's nothing that's said on stage that's never been said before. Everything, yeah. every, everything's sure. been said. Yeah, even yeah. even when we get into new apps and trends and blah blah blah, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like everything is nothing is really new, and so it has to be the way you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, yeah, everyone. That's you know, going back to being good and being funny. It's that. It's also that thing. Like some people are comics, some are comedians. Um, have you heard that one? Yeah. No. What, comic, is, what would you say the distinction uh, is? Well, and some people have, say this backwards, but I I say it this way. Okay. Uh, a comic says funny things, and a comedian says things funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. And the latter is the one who has a career. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. The former might become a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, when someone likes you, when when you say things funny, like a like a Jim Gaffigan or, or Todd mm-hmm. Barry, yeah, or yeah. when you just say things funny on a local level, Mac Blake, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever comes out of his mouth makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, it's it's his. And how do you teach someone that? You can't. Okay, right. so you're gonna say. I have, this is one of the 43 people that it's love Matt Blake is fair <laughs> Here's a, they're all fair I'll be like yeah you know that's amazing Richard Pryor's really good yeah. he's sucking his dick like, well he's dead so it's, but uh, Mac Blake that I get mad at Austin Comics who haven't heard the album mm-hmm. where I'm like this is like the best thing that's come out of or at least in contention and you don't know yeah it's amazing I think I, I, I don't know him maybe because they feel they've, they've seen all the uh all the jokes already? It, I don't think no, because I, especially at my level, because that album he doesn't do that material. Yeah, anymore. I was so you say, couldn't they have it. Oh. If they think that. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Uh, but I'll say is he has you talk about saying things funny. He has this sing songy way that he speaks. Yeah, that it's yeah, yeah. You can't. We like okay. uh, his shack <laughs> bit is my favorite, just because I want to hear him say, uh, you know, hey everybody, I'm Shaq, I'm killing you. Just the way he the way yeah. he says it. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He just but yeah, you get the point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so when you so well, you're booking at the Valve. You're booking both local comics as well as touring comics. So, can you talk a little bit about those two? Um, you know, I guess talk first about local comics. How do you decide, um, or how often is it that like? And and you sometimes put local comics up as headliners. Can you talk about all all the levels, hosting and and um, casting and um, yeah the. The Valve used to be really exclusively locals, mm-hmm. you know, and then maybe once a year, twice a year, you'd get a Doug Stanhope or Tom Rhodes. Um, so it's, and, and also I, I'm lucky in the sense that we have a, a much deeper pool yeah. to choose from. Like, 
you know, back then I would headline twice a year because, <laughs> you know, people would headline twice a year at the Velve because yeah. they didn't have as many comics as we do now yeah. and they couldn't afford to pay people coming out. Um, so I can only start from the top. The headliners, yeah. like a lot of headliners um, book themselves pretty much. Okay. It's um, it's people, especially the, the people who want to play from out of town. And I'm very honest about what we can pay. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's, and also it's a small room. It's not like the pay is bad. It's just there are only three shows. Yeah, yeah. So if you're on the road during thirty minutes, you know, most places pay seventy five to one hundred bucks for a thirty minute set, hmm. and so that's what we pay for. And it's but the thing is, you're headlining. Yeah, you're not featuring. You're doing a headlining set at thirty five minutes, sure. and then but then there are some guys like a Jimmy Pardo or Tom or Tom Todd Glass, who um, you know they get pretty much all the door. You know, I can't give them 100% anymore because we were too small to make it up at the bar. Yeah. But they get, like Chad Daniels, too. It's like, you know, there's there's other levels, but those are marketing weeks because the Valve doesn't advertise. And mm-hmm. so when the owner was like, why are we giving them this much money? It's like, because it's marketing. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, we don't make money those weeks, but we don't lose money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we have. Like on that part of the week, like no one drinks and... <laughs> um, <laughs> tickets are totally like, yeah. so um but you know i will i will always have him back sure um so all right so the headliners more or less book themselves and how are they booking themselves they reach out to me mm-hmm. you know and that's something else too it's um there's a thing in me not just because i grew up with two older sisters and a mom i adore there's a balance that i'm I'm a freak about balance. You know, my whole life is I try to balance everything and I hate that I can't have 50-50. You know, I can't can't be half women, half men just because sure. there are this many men and this many women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, you guys don't know how many white guys I say no to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they, they are the most prevalent, you know, whoever yeah. reaches out to me, all the out-of-town people who just hit me up. Um, oh, and of those, if there's some that I never heard of, yeah, they have to come on a really good recommendation and they also have to be okay with the conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it, they, I hope this is on a run. You know, maybe you'll be in Houston next week or yeah. whatever so you can make it work for you. But I've been really pleasantly surprised. I've been very rarely burned in a three years. Yeah. Um, and so, and again, the Velve is weird because there's no feature act. It's just guest sets. Right. And I feel guilty, but that's what I did too. But yeah, I, yeah, I'll yeah. still feel guilty because people have to come downtown and find parking and then do, you know, 10 to 12 unpaid minutes for a drink or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand that, that that sucks, but it's also, I see it every night, so I feel guilty every weekend, but it's not <laughs> like that same person is coming back to the club, you know, 52 weekends a year and not getting paid for yeah. guest sets. Yeah, you yeah. know, I know it is, in, but, yeah, but it still makes me feel like, ah, oh, you should get paid for what you're doing, but... There's a part of me that doesn't understand that, too. What's at that? this level, which is that, like, I'm so conscientious about like I just want to get good at this that it, it's, idea it's, of money is a weird thing for me I think it's not good I, I admit mm. right, it's not good no I agree I'm not but it's nice to get uh, like even at the comic strip up in New York we would all get paid 10 bucks a set yeah even a few dollars yeah. can get, yeah you know even a five dollar yeah, yeah. set is a is a gesture yeah. and sometimes like for Chad or someone that uh, brings in more in the door and they get a bonus or something you know I will try to kick some money to the to the guesters or, or the yeah, yeah, feature yeah. sets um, I can't always do that but yeah. but they um, get to work with uh, a touring comic but it is, and, it's, it's an apprenticeship yeah, when, yeah. You, when you do guest sets you're just this is what I've been telling my father yeah, <laughs> like, I, yeah there's nowhere else you can do comedy and learn 
Yeah. You can't practice at home and get yeah. better. You can't. Which is why it's hard to start. But we can't like, pay everybody. You, our comedy yeah, yeah. clubs can't pay every guest set. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's the way it goes. And it and, seemed to me the principle is like, that's what the road is for. Now, I don't know, but I mean, the idea being like, if you're in a big city where you can actually develop and everything like that, there's a lot of people who can do it for free or willing to do it for yeah. free. So you can't really make money there. So you take that and you go to like right. podunk towns like Dallas. But you also have to, you know, <laughs> I used to, I had to lose some money on some yeah, you know, I went sure. to Cleveland Improv to open yeah, yeah. so I can get a feature week there. And so, and it worked. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got invited back three times to feature. So that's, you have to do that shit. Yeah. Um, but getting back to booking. <laughs> Real um, quick, do, are, are these people calling, emailing? Emailing. And they're doing it yeah. themselves. And they're doing it themselves. And again, I say no to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I have uh, shamefully not gotten back to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's something else too. I mean, I shouldn't uh, divulge this, but if someone contacts me once and never again, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you really want to work this club, yeah, or yeah. or maybe you're just sheepish. I don't know. But if someone you know writes and then writes back, just because I for whatever reason I can't get to it now, or I can't yeah. look at it, or I'm busy, or I'm already booked, and then they send it again like six months later. Yeah. You know, so it's not like every two months. It's not. I, you can't be a. There's a fine line between pestering and persistence. I yeah, think we must. We I think we read into stuff way too much anyway. Because I was yeah. thinking that happens with I, my relatives. I do not doubt that there are people that get offended by my non-action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, I really wish they would realize it's got who doesn't n- something get buried under email to do with you. Yeah. Well, I have ants that are like, you didn't get me back. I'm like, yeah, hit me again. I'm not. It's not. A, a, I tell people even with just Facebook Messenger, like if you message me and then I read it like at night and and I'm like, oh, I totally want to get back to this. I'm like, can you send me a happy face because I'm going to leave it unread. And then I'll it'll be in my to do list because if I look at it, there's it's never gonna you know what I mean because yeah. you can't because with emails you can change it to mark as unread but with Facebook actually if anyone from Facebook is listening please <laughs> program it so that I can do that uh, uh, real quick and I have a show in Georgetown so I'm gonna have to go oh, pretty yeah. soon mm-hmm. it's fine but I gotta ask this because I ask everybody mm-hmm. uh, Ariel's guy yeah, you know you guys will fin- finish up the episode but um, I ask everybody this. Uh, and you're in a position you're, you to, to think about this a lot. If you could change Austin comedy in any way, whether it was changing the constitution of the comics, whether it was changing habits, whether it was changing the infrastructure, w- what would you do? How would you change it? Um, I don't think stand-up in general gets enough attention from our press. Yeah, I've actually gotten to some email kerfuffles with some folks. Um the thing is, it's, and it goes back to marketing, too. If you don't talk about something, people don't think it's worth talking about. And the amount of time, like the Chronicle, for example, you know, and I have a decent relationship with them, um, they put so much time and effort and huge photographs and you know, review after review of theater, 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 theater. Yeah. And so you read that and you're thinking, oh, theater in this town must be great. Theater must be important. And then comedy, <laughs> you know, so-and-so this weekend, so-and-so this weekend, you know, not really the, the yeah. you know, a lot of information and hardly any pictures, you know, for a while uh, they were putting some of the circle pictures that I, that I'll post, but now it's like, well, that's, you know, when you don't pay attention to something and, yeah. and then all you have is a bunch of people like, hey, come to my show, come to my show. It's like there's no credibility behind there. And, yeah. and people are excited about it, too. There are so many times when I've told people about a show that was going on, they're like, oh, I didn't know there was comedy in this town. Yeah. 
you know, then not the, oh, fuck, you know, fuck that or anything like oh, that. Just yeah, to, we had a knucklehead uh, that I had to throw out last weekend who said, you guys are never going to stick around. It's like, hey, we've been here 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need, yeah. Uh, but um, beyond that, maybe, uh, you know, oversaturation is a problem. Interesting. But, oh, but again, wow. if there's no interest, then it's not like it's oversaturated to people who are yeah. out there seeking it. Yeah, my argument had been uh, is that the only way it would be oversaturation is if there are people who would have gone to this show but didn't because they went to that show. And I haven't, I, we, there's all these shows that all same level, independent, small shows. And I feel like, and we've talked, I don't feel like we're eating under anybody. I feel like there's this sea of people that would be interested in comedy. Right. Would go. Yeah, but I think it, it it is troubling when there are shows that are put on, and if people that if people come in and see a really shitty show, yeah, it, it, and then they're never going to come. And we had talked about that in the car a little bit. A yeah. bad unless you're a fan of comedy, if you see a bad stand up show, yeah. if you see two oh, stand up shows, awesome you're comedy. done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're done. If but, only because uh, you have only so many things that you're yeah. willing to go do, and you don't want to risk it. I mean, half the time, if I've seen like two shitty movies in a row. I don't want to spend but, another 20. Yeah. But we also have to recognize that, you know, we're not that special either. Yeah. We're not like if, you know, when I, when I see, yeah. <laughs> no, when I see a show of people not trying, maybe. Yeah. It's like, well, and then maybe we can't give the audience too much shit for not wanting to go to a comedy show. Yeah. Right. Um, sure. I really, I do think there's a thing and this drives me nuts. Professionalism is not selling out. Hmm. I think there's a lot of self-loathing stand-ups who like make fun of stand-up while they're doing stand-up yeah. and it's like you're what are you doing you're pissing on so something much. that you want people to like also there's a bunch of other people on this show with you right now it's, it's well, so rude you, and, and to your credit <laughs> and the audience is there it's rude to them to your credit you hate when people like throw the show itself yeah but, but I think a lot of times when I see people do that I think I see it as a defense mechanism totally well, sure. Sure. they're in this shitty they can't make this work because there's nobody there and the only it's like they want to acknowledge the elephant in the room but yeah shit on well there's also some self delusion on you know I've, I've seen plenty of comics say things like oh you guys don't like jokes about Jesus and they're like no we're waiting for one yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah 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 I love it's so you hear like oh I guess you guys don't like political stuff yeah you're right Bill Maher would have just we you know we like shit. we like yeah. funny stuff man. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, some people think just because they're not laughing means they're not into it. It's like maybe your jokes need to be tighter. Yeah, yeah. well, I got to get out of here. But thank you so much, man. Jared. A pleasure. This was great. Absolutely. Good riddance. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Why do I, I hate that? I can't, I've been lapsing into that bye thing. That girl, girl, what is going on with that? Can we all please stop doing that? Anyone who's listening, bye. Ugh. It's just like there's no good way to end a conversation, so it's just like this weird default thing that has that. And then you know, that's one of those things. Maybe we shouldn't overthink. Let's just yeah, you know, but let's not, let's not worry about how we say bye. Let's just yeah. <laughs> But I just don't want to say, say that anymore. That's the extent of my thinking. Is the that power's in your mouth. Stop doing Not that. Not saying that. Yes. I just have to be slightly conscious of it so that I can stop. But I wish I need, I need like a pat thing that I can say that isn't annoying. You know, like a... Smell you later. Yeah. yeah I'll go with smell you later for a couple <laughs> weeks and see how that goes. Let's see. I think I have a few more questions. Okay. So we've got... Uh, the, the people who are headlining are emailing you and maybe following up after six months if they don't hear from you. I think I read that in a book once, too, and I do so that's have consistent. To, sometimes I will diplomatically, you know, boilerplate some sort of... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, and I don't like... I don't like any power that comes along with this. I don't like... Uh, it's not fun to tell people no. No. 
No. And I don't get off on that. I don't, yeah. uh, anyway, what's, uh, what are you going to say? Well, yeah, so then uh, 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 you said that, of course, recommendations are big. These people are um, in the email sort of name dropping then. That's mm-hmm. that's the way they do it. And then, I mean, um, are there other than... But, it, it's, it, but it's beyond saying, I worked with so-and-so or so-and-so, because that yeah. can mean anything. Sure. You know, I can say, I worked with Janine Garofalo. I worked with Louis C.K. a few weeks ago. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just on the same show right. on this, whatever. So if someone says, hey, um, so-and-so is going to reach out to you, mm-hmm. just so you know, and then they reach out to me, yeah. I will absolutely right. read that email, respond, however. Um, but was there, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm so that's like that's that's what is a recommendation to you. It actually it involves the person in question um, also reaching out to you. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it's not like just a name drop. It's like someone's gonna someone vouches. And then are there people who and do people also send you links? Sure. And so do you watch those videos? Um, every so often, yeah. Yeah. And then when you say no to someone, is it just... Well, it depends what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, like there was uh, this gal, Mana, or I think Mona, I think I said Mana, I don't know. Um, she was just a Dallas comic, and she didn't say, I'm looking for headline work. She was just like, I'd like to play the Valve, or I'd like to do some guest sets at the Valve or something, and something like that. You know, she shows me a clip. I'm like, oh, absolutely. She can, Yeah. you know, she can do a... Uh, I'll even offer like middle sets for someone who... Uh, but again, kind of like the way I went to Cleveland to open in order mm-hmm. to feature, there's a lot of that that goes on in the Valve. It's yeah. like, let me see you do a 10 to 12 minute guest set. And if that goes well, then, you know, we'll give you a 15 to 18. Those are mostly local people. Yeah. You know, I like offering a, an 18 minute set if mm-hmm. they're on their way to building something. Um, but if someone from out of town, I really, I love when people come from out of town. Yeah. It's just, it's it's good for... Uh, the club, obviously, but it's also good for locals to see people not yeah. in their little vacuum. Yeah. That's a huge lesson you'll learn as soon as you go to L.A. or New York that, oh, wait, a lot of these jokes don't work. Or, yeah. or a lot of the spirit of these jokes don't work, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but that works in reverse, too. I worked with a guy in Des Moines who was he was an opener um, and he worked. He just moved from Brooklyn. And he was berating the audience for not liking jokes about subways and small apartments and yeah. rats. And it's like, no one knows what you're talking about. Yeah. But they're idiots. Yeah, I've seen people from New York do that here. And I'm like, oh, we don't have subways. I wish you did. Yeah. Stop it. Um, okay, so cool. I think I think that gives me a pretty good understanding of um, of how the valve works. And would you say that that's that's pretty typical for some smaller clubs around the country? I mean, most clubs. Um, I mean, Cap City's got a bead on things that I don't, just because yeah. they're you know, it, it's Colleen is much closer to you know, big big names. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sorry. What you asking again? Just, just, <laughs> just whether is that that's how like a lot of the smaller like the not. Oh well, you know. yeah. Even uh, but even bigger clubs. Like I said, Daniel yeah. Tosh got me into a couple of A-list clubs. Yeah. Because he had a personal relationship with so and so or so and so, and you know, I remember the first time he did it. For example, yeah. um, and Jimmy Pardo would also do that. But it's like if someone likes you, they will go out of their way. And I even yeah. said in a hotel room, I was like, yeah, whatever, Daniel. And he literally picked up the phone and got me booked. Right then. Right then and there. Cool. Yeah. So if someone likes you, and I can't recommend that enough, if someone likes you, they will help you yeah. without you asking because they want to see you succeed. Yeah. And it feels good to help other people. Of so course it why does. why wouldn't they? Yeah. Uh, so is that, um, what was I going to say? Uh, is Oh, so are most of the touring comedians, these kind of working touring comedians, um, doing that without agents? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Because yeah. people who get agents, that's more... An agent gets you gigs, a manager handles your career. Right. But, so, but most Managers people... Managers might have 10 clients, but agents could have a ton. Right. Because they get a small cut. And so obviously right. you make more money the more people you more. have. And so, but a lot, of, a lot of touring comedians don't have either. Right. So, yeah. Because, no. yeah, unless you're... And I did fine yeah. looking myself. But I guess if people do colleges and stuff, that's more need, where agents Yeah, seems. colleges, you need to go to NACA. You have yeah. to uh, pay you know, like right. 450 or something just for the showcase. And so right. that's something that I've talked some people out of. It's like, how much time yeah. do you have? Right. It's like, no, don't do that. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Plus, colleges have like d- different um, rules and, and Especially things. Especially right? today. You know, yeah. Big bone of contention. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm going to do... Uh, like a show for a college soon, but it's it's one where they're having four of us do fifteen minutes, and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I don't know because it, it's a college show. We're getting paid, but I don't know if you know. You hear about college budgets, and you're just like, what's you know what I mean? Like, is this? But I've been overpaid for gigs. Yeah, I, I like I don't deserve this money. I did terribly, and that was this is way too much money for me. But you know, some people have so much money that if they don't <laughs> care that much about it. Let's just take it. And <laughs> sometimes that's the only thing that makes you feel good after a shitty set. Yeah, you're like, well, I guess I just worked. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, totally. Okay, so let's see. I think we've pretty much covered like most of the uh, the questions about you know how things work and how things worked for you i I did want to ask what you're planning on doing you're going to portland oregon right Mm -hmm. and what why why portland um i'd spent time there before um six years ago i spent five weeks up there Mm -hmm. uh i was just in a shitty place and i needed to escape and i had a friend who had a bedroom and uh i just fell in love with the city and i've been there for a couple of weeks at a time like the next couple of years um, I've been here since 96 Yeah, and, uh, I don't want to get stuck in a rut Yeah, and I'm also one of those people who just, uh, I don't know. I want to keep doing you, more and more things. It seems like you like change and stuff. Well, uh, it's, I, I'm a plate spinner. Yeah. I like to, you know, just get them spinning as fast as I can so I can sit back and do nothing for a while. Have you ever read this book that it's, it's called like the, something about being a scanner? I don't know. Well, I wish I could remember the name of it. I read it like years ago and it strikes me because I was like, oh, I'm a scanner. I think you're a scanner too. And plate spinner was one of her subcategories of scanners. I'll try to find this book and (laughs) recommend it to you. Um, But it's, uh, it's, so there's all these different types of people who basically they were, she was saying like before World War II and specialization, people used to, the ideal was to be a Renaissance person and to have all these different things that you could do. And then we, it's a a relatively new idea that we should all specialize in one thing for the rest of our lives and then get a pension and die and whatever. And so I think that it's, I don't know. That that was the toughest thing about, or one of the toughest things about quitting Mm. because I felt like, like, am I giving up on myself again? Right. Am I sabotaging again? But the truth is I was unhappy. Yeah. And four years after I've quit, I have zero regrets. Yeah. I feel like, I like looking at it like that's a thing I did. Yeah. And I did fine. You know, that's, oh, the, the conversation that's, oh, he's not here anymore. Well, I'll uh, tell him later. I had a guy on, uh, I never told people what I did. I never said I was a comedian because mm-hmm. it's just an annoying conversation. Mm. Um, but I did once um, on an airplane to, it was like one of my last years on the road. Mm-hmm. And this guy from New Jersey, we're both going to New Jersey and talking to me what I did and blah, blah, blah. And I started with graphic design and eventually went, <laughs> yeah. just kept asking questions. I'm like, oh, well, this is why. And yeah. 
So he's like, oh, you're a comic. I never heard of you. You must have been that not that good. And oh, New Jersey. And I'm like, you know, it's like I was a working comic yeah. for you know for nine years. I got this, 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 this. I'm like, I, I did fine. You yeah. know, it's like saying to somebody, you know, oh, you're not the president of the company you work right. at. That's a shame. Yeah. What did he do? This yeah. Guy? It's like you can have a career in comedy and not be famous. Right. And uh, for a long time, I was happy doing that yeah and then i got unfulfilled and i got less happy and i also started seeing guys who were way funnier than me still struggling yeah and i did not want to be a you know a 45 year old headliner of 50 unless you're you know bill yeah. burr or louis ck you're um, having fun and you're doing new things and yeah yeah and you finally found this elusive voice that you've been yeah. looking for or and an audience connected with people right yeah um, but I never got into this to get famous. I got into this because I wanted to see if people thought what I wrote was funny. Yeah. I like the validation, but yeah. I don't like being on stage or I really didn't like being on stage that much. Mm -hmm. But, um, comedy brought me things I didn't know were going to happen. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't stick with it, I wouldn't have gotten, you know, the book wouldn't have gotten done a t-shirt. I just asked someone to make a t-shirt and they're like, ah, oh, let me teach you. And that changed everything. And then so these, what became, or what started as hobbies or little things while doing comedy became bigger things. Yeah. And this Velve was just, to me, I think uh, Jake Flores said, I have nightmares that I'm going to have to run that place one day. And I'm like, <laughs> eh, it's a shame you see it that way, but I get it. Jake has aspirations of being, he wants to be a big comic. He wants yeah. to be, that was never really a huge thing with me. Mm -hmm. So taking this job was to me a step up from yeah. what I was doing because I got to use everything that I've learned yeah. from graphics to waiting tables to, you know, all that shit was in one job. To make the world a great place. For a control freak like me, right. it was great because they gave me, you know, a 90, lot of 90, control. You know, there's so much control. And, yeah. Uh, so, and I mean, you've done something really meaningful and um, and beneficial to so many people's lives. So, well, yeah, I was a better teacher than you know. I wasn't yeah. terrible at stand up. I just and I was better at this. I think. Yeah. And so in Portland, I don't know. I don't really have a plan in Portland. Is um, it you don't? No, I'm going up there. I'm still going to make T-shirts. That's still. Mm -hmm. um, I hope to get something started up there. But I'll be shipping T-shirts back down to Parts and Labor while I'm living up there. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping to get something started. And I'm working on another project that I don't like talking about because okay. I don't know if I can do it. Sure. It's well, there's like a, a TED Talk once. They said don't don't tell people what you're doing. Right. Anyway. I can. It's a it's a book, but I don't know if I'm capable. Yeah. Brevity is my strength, mm -hmm. and this is something longer. Yeah. And so if it gets and if I if I I'm working on it, and if it gets to the point where I try to write two or three chapters, I'm like, oh, this is shit. Yeah. Um, I'll stop doing it. Yeah, do a different project. Yeah. But maybe it'll but be a fun thing to I do I also for just want to live somewhere else and I moved here with no real plan. Yeah. And I miss that sort of, uh, you know, uh, thriving yeah. because I'm oh, for the, not the, 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 the distraction of a new city. Is, yeah. It's intoxicating. That can sustain you for a while. Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably wrap up, but I do want to ask one question that I decided to start adding to my roster of questions for everyone. All right, then. Um, so I guess this will be the final question. Uh, can you name, and we won't use superlatives, but can you name three of your favorite comedians um, who are alive today? Let's just go with that. Honestly, Chad Daniels last week, mm -hmm. um, just for all the reasons I had mentioned before, he's fearless. He's a great writer. He's prolific. Um, and he's couldn't be nicer off stage. Yeah, you know, I, I got to tell you, polite manners—they being nice to being a decent, good person goes a very long way with me. Um, but on top of that, he happens to be brilliant. Yeah. 
Uh, Maria Bamford is someone who impresses me. I know it's an easy answer. Yeah, no. But again, she comes back with 20, 30 new minutes. Yeah. How the fuck do you do this? Yeah. Um, and I do love what Louis does. Um, I yeah. think Bill Burr, what he's doing right now, is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of comics that I'm excited about. You know, I also... You know, I tend to gravitate towards the weirdos too. Yeah. Even though I wouldn't say uh, Bill Burr is a weirdo. Maria Bamford's kind of a weirdo. Maria Bamford. Like when I was a kid, I had a crush on Judy Tenuta. Yeah. I just, I like, you know, like Geechee Guy was another one, Rich Hall. Um, I like Left to Center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was even painfully aware of what hacky was when I started comedy. I knew what hacky 90s comedy was. Yeah. But even some of those guys would stand, like uh, Robin Hitchcock is my favorite musician. He's been doing music since 71, and it's still good because it's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. You stay weird, you'll stay relevant. Yeah, that's true. If, you, if you're trendy or you right. know, you're going to stop being... Fade with the times. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think you've given people a lot of homework. I am going to check out Chan Daniels. I assume he's got stuff on Spotify or um, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, his new album just came out. Cool. Um, but yeah, there are... Uh, yeah, I just there's those are the first four or five I'm thinking of. Cool. But, yeah. Well, uh, there's plenty. There's plenty of comics too, like a Chad Daniels. Yeah. Who should be household names, but not quite there yet. Well, we're making him a household name right now. Uh, to our, he's one of the best. Many, many listeners. So, anyway, Mario, thank you so much. It was a great conversation. No, I appreciate it. It was fun. Awesome. Bye. And that was our episode with Mario, uh, and we really want to thank him. I thought he was great on this, and uh, it's truly insightful. Really nice guy. Um, if you want to follow Mario, you can follow him on Twitter at Mario underscore something. Um, if you want to follow Ariel or myself, uh, Ariel, as you know, is at Poop Tampon. Uh, and I'm at Jared McCorkle, just my name, J-E-R-E-D-M-C-C-O-R-K-L-E. Um, and now, also, you guys can, if you have any questions that you want to have um, answered, or if you have suggestions for guests, uh, you can email us at leadingtheblindpodcast at gmail.com. So that's just like it's spelled. So please do that. We'd love your feedback. And uh, okay, thanks, guys. International.